0: Oh, man, it is Christmas in January. What's up, brother? I'm feeling fantabulous. Well, I'm glad
1: that you're feeling good. I know that you got your last cracker in, got your juice in, because we got a big
0: show. So are you ready? Oh, you remember? Oh, I oh, I thought you said something else. Yeah, I'm always ready. All right, well, let's start the show. You
1: are listening to The Sizzle, the talk of the 219, the hottest sports talk in the region on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Welcome in, everyone. You know what it is, you know who it is. It's the Sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. We are the hottest sports talk in the 219. We are the hottest sports talk on the planet. And you know what is hot right now? Well, it's not outside because it's cold. And uh, then I had a cold drink earlier. So it's not that either. But what is, is hot stove
0: talk. Well, kind of like lukewarm. I thought hot stove talk talk was like baseball talk. Like hot stove talk. Isn't that baseball
1: talk? Anytime, I thought you were talking about making moves and deals and it was getting you know, hot and steamy in the room that it was hot stove talk. But it is always hot stove talk. You know why? Because you're on the sizzle and yeah. it's always hot in the pot, baby. So, yo, the Bears, they have a new defensive coordinator. They have gone out and solidified one of maybe 55 positions that are open. So, Jay, how do you feel about the new Bears coordinator?
0: No, they didn't go far, did they? <laughs> right down the rank, right, Right down, down the, right the hallway. Hey,
1: yeah. Right down the hallway.
0: He's a defensive backs coordinator. I assume they're happy with what's going on. The Bears defense hasn't looked bad. I mean, you know, he's an in-house pick. I'd rather an in-house pick than an out-of-the-house pick that does it, that hasn't made any hay anywhere. At least we know this defense has played well. Um, we don't know. I mean, it, this guy doesn't have a really great coaching background. Apparently he's very smart. He's been a defensive uh, quality control guy. Um, He's worked for only about two colleges before he got into the NFL. So we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to see pretty much what we already saw with the Bears. I don't think that's going to be a big change, and that's not necessarily a bad thing.
1: Yeah, well, you have the doctor of the defense now, because the new defensive coordinator earned his doctorate from Temple. So
0: what do you get his doctorate yeah. in? What do you get his doctorate in?
1: Do we know? Well, obviously it's not in football because
0: he would be the head coach. Not necessarily, <laughs> not with this group.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not at all with this group. Sean Desai, your new defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Um, breaking a lot of barriers. Ethnically, he's come in and broken some barriers. And the fact that he's been on staff and they looked, as you said, Jay, in-house to get someone. Yeah. But the question is now, what do they do with the rest of the staff that they've lost at
0: this point? Well, we saw the defensive line coach get out of here, so you already saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to get a shot at it. So now you have uh, this coach who I don't know, does he deserve the shot? I mean, we do We do know that, that it looks like Nagy and the McCaskies like to have people they get along with. So I'm not necessarily sure about temperament here. Didn't even know this gentleman was coaching on the Bears, to tell you the honest truth. And I pretty much tried to stay up on that type of stuff. And first time I heard his name, and I was like, oh, okay. So. I don't know. This is one of these picks. You can't be mad about it and you can't be happy about it. Because it's it's he was already there in the coaching staff. The the question is now, he was sitting in all the meetings. He was he was one coordinating the safeties. Our safeties look good this year. Fuller looked good. You had the young fella Johnson out there playing well. You know, uh can Jackson stay healthy back there. They had a they had a good core back there. So and we understand that safeties that safeties are a lot like um, the the uh back catchers in baseball, they sort of know exactly what's going on with the defensive scheme of things. So overall, scheme wise, he would know all the eleven positions on defense and what that has to do because he has to coordinate those safeties with everybody. So I'm sure he has a grasp of what's going on. So and he already has a a a top flight group to be working with. You got Khalil Mack still there. You got Danny Trevathan, who's underrated. You got Rokon Smith, who, who, who should be a pro bowler. And so you got a number of guys on this defense that play really well. So if he could just put him in the right positions and possibly uh, maybe get him a little bit more aggressive than what Chop Cagano had, maybe we might see a defense that might even be be better. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not here or there either way with it. I'd rather them do this in-house with a guy who already knows the scheme than bring some guy out of here and now you got to – put all new terminology in, all new everything else, and now you got guys out there confused when the when the season starts.
1: Well, let's give a little breakdown. Let's give some tasty nuggets and some morsels. First of all, Sean Desai does have his doctoral degree that he got from Temple. It's in educational leadership, so he was going to work on the collegiate level as a professor there at Temple. Now, with that as a given, did you know that he was given his shot by Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman was who hired him as a quality control coach in 2013. Mm-hmm. Then he stayed on, not only through Tressman's administration, but through John Fox and now through Matt Nagy. And he is also credited as being the hand, the second hand, right hand man of your guy Vic Fangio. You know, you have a lot of former players like Cal Long and especially Sam Acho who been banging the drum and saying he should be the replacement even when they went out and they got a replacement they said wait a minute this is the guy he's this is he's the guy so when Chuck Pagano got there people were like no 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 you've got somebody on your staff and one last tasty morsel he is the f- indecent coach or coach from that of, of indian heritage to coach in the NFL so yeah. he's a trailblazer, history maker, a melanated brother who will come in and help to fix a defense that he was credited for in 2018 as being the co-crafter of what they did. So with that said, Jay, are they going to stay a 314
0: or a 4-3 defense? I mean, if it ain't if it ain't fixed, don't break it. But I'm wondering if they're going to try to get Khalil Mack's hands down into the ground and just make them pass rushers. Because mm-hmm. we saw with them dropping back into coverage, I think that takes a little bit out of what this defense is all about. So do we want Khalil Mack just to put his hand in the ground and just come off on the ball? All depends. Mm-hmm. We still we still got to scheme him out of being double-teamed. Um, so that's the biggest thing we got to deal with right now. Are they going to be playing a lot of cover, two? You know, are we going to see? Are we going to come up and see a, see some cover one, and try to and try to disrupt these wide receivers coming off of their uh, pass routes, or where they're getting off the ball, and sort of make those quarterbacks have to hold the ball longer, and hopefully get a Khalil Mack and other people like that opportunity to get to the quarterback. So, um, it would be nice. It would be nice to see. It all depends what his defense is able to do. Can Khalil Mack get there? Can he put his hand in the ground and come off all the ball? Don't know. We haven't seen him do that on a regular basis. We don't know. We don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to get swarmed to get ate up in the run game. Uh, sometimes guys like that, when he have to come down and play in front of those tackles all the time, and now you got to now you got to defend the run right in front of that tackle. We might see a lot of double teaming of a Khalil Mack, and all of a sudden we start seeing him getting rolled up in these piles because that's definitely a scheme I would work at on the Khalil Mack would be definitely trying to double-team him in the run game and start putting some bodies on him and get him slowed down in the pass rush.
1: One of the things we do, well, we think we know, is that some of the coaches, the D.C.'s new coaching style, will focus in on more cover three, cover four, and cover six. So, Jay, for those who don't know, what is a cover six?
0: Well... A cover six. Well, let's go. Let's, let's break it down for the better A cover okay. three, a cover three is an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically you try to keep them all from going deep. Um, all the way across the board. So you got everybody up underneath you. Um, it all depends. In the cover four, you're breaking you're breaking everything down in quarters. So you got mm-hmm. the, you got a cover three, now you got four deep. The cover six basically you're just putting your linebackers in the under zone in the cover four, and you're basically just zoning everything all the way across. So the issue is that when you run defenses like that, you're trying to force teams to throw the under um, passes. And what you're trying to do, again, what the Bears did a lot of this year, is they bend and don't break type of philosophy. You don't want teams to take the top off of you. This is the reason why you run cover fours, cover sixes, and things like that to keep those teams from going downfield on you. you run into the cover twos a lot of times because you're trying to get your pass rush after – the quarterback, or you're just splitting the field in half between your two safeties and you're hoping that your free safety is going to be able to get deep enough and get over the top of the ball so that they can cover on the deep passes going down but also gives your corners some help over the top so that if they're running smash concepts in front of your uh, in front of your safeties right behind your cornerbacks, that it gives them extra insurance over the top. So it all depends how you're going to play um, your defensive front Dictates what you're gonna do in the backfield, and that's basically how these different coverages work.
1: You know, there's been a lot of question about Eddie Jackson and how he played the season, and was it a progression or was it a regression? When you look at Eddie Jackson, Jay, what do you think is the best for him? What is a good fit for him? Is it the cover two, cover three? How is it? Is he gonna be a safety high or is he going to be able to play down in the box? What's best for Eddie Jackson? to resurrect his career at this point.
0: His best thing that he does is his ball skills and that he's able to cover from inside out to the hash. And so any ball that's thrown deep, Eddie Jackson can go get it. So I think him as he has a high safety is where he played um, many times before when the Bears' defense was prolific the last couple of seasons. And so I think that's where he needs to be. If you bring him down in the box against the run, he is a good tackler, but his best ability is that he's able to cover from from hash from hash to hash, from hash to the sideline when that ball goes up in the air. Addie Jackson is one of the best in the league. And the more air you put on the ball, if he's high over the top, he can cover it. And he's very good at baiting quarterbacks into throwing those passes where they try to look him off one way. He looks like he's going to go that way, but he's actually opening his hips. Opposite of where he's looking, and he can bait that throw, and he could be in the vicinity to help over the top or possibly pick one off. So he is one of the best cornerbacks to doing that. Got to leave him deep. Let your linebackers play up front and do what they need to do. Play some gap, some gap control offense, some gap control defense, and leave your safeties over the top and stop that big play.
1: So with what we've seen so far, are you encouraged or discouraged by what you think the Bears will be able to do next year with their defense as it's currently constructed?
0: Don't know. I mean, it all depends on this guy's philosophy. We don't know. I mean, we got it. Was Chuck Pagano really a guy who was it was really on the bend don't break philosophy? And now you're going to see a guy who's going to cut him loose. I mean, the main thing about it is it's like, what did you see last year that you think is going to be different between a Chuck Pagano? led defense and a a a defense run by the new DC. What do you think the differences are going to be?
1: I don't know how you can really do a lot of difference with the, the stunts. You can do things up front. You can do things with your linemen. You can move them around. And as you said before, you can put Khalil Mack's hand in the dirt. I don't think that's a recipe you want to keep feeding people. That's not a long diet, but I think you should be able to move them around You should be able to move those linebackers around, get them some better positioning, and hopefully you're going to be able to bring, I would think at some point as time has gone on with Danny Trevathan, you might want to bring him down as just a blitzing end. You might want to put him on that strong side beside somewhere there beside Khalil Mack, bring him in as just a pure pass rusher or someone who can cover that wheel route in the backfield that I think once you start looking at that and you can open up that defense by blitzing off the edges or blitzing right up the A gap, right up the B gap, that might help if you're going to keep uh older player like Danny Trevafin around because we saw this season, he was
0: getting <laughs> he was getting torched. So what do you think up, of, burn up? So what do you think about Kyle Fuller's technique? Do you think that he needs to be uh cause he's been a bail, he's been a bail corner for as long as he's played for the Bears. Do you think he's a guy who needs to come down now and play a little more press coverage so you can allow um, these defensive backs, your safeties, a little more time to get over the top? Do you, do you think he should change the way he's playing, or you think he should keep playing this bail type of technique?
1: He's good at the bail technique, but because he's good at the point of tackle, he can make and close that tackle. I don't know. With the way Kyle Fuller plays – As a press cover person, let's say he's going to press cover and then he falls in the hip pocket and he falls as the underman and then you have your safeties up high. Maybe it can work. Maybe it gives him a chance to be a roamer and be able to get some interceptions from those errant throw balls. But again, health is going to be an issue. And I think with Cal Fuller, the biggest thing is going to be finance. Do the Bears move a Cal Fuller? To get off of his money to open up some avenues for other things I don't know where they're they're headed right now and it's so early in the process we're not even into preseason we're not even into camp you have no idea I mean this all sounds great on paper but it can all fall apart very quickly and it could go left because I'm not sold yet on the rookies but I wasn't sold on Buster Screen I wasn't sold on a lot of what they do in their secondary so right now i think you leave you help eddie jackson put him up high you help kyle fuller do what he does and maybe maybe with a Jalen johnson maybe you make him more of your press man corner wherein he can come up support on the run he can come up do that bump and run something's got to change but i just don't know what at the moment yeah I really don't know because we don't know what they're gonna have. It this can't even we really can't even have this discussion until August (laughs) when you've seen what they've done in preseason. You've seen some of the moves they made. You see some young guys that they brought in. Right now, the only thing I can tell you is that the new DC is the favorite of Sam Acho, and Sam Acho was one of the smartest special teamers. In the history of the NFL. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) And Kyle Long likes him a lot. Oh, that's fabulous. We'll see what we get. Yeah, I mean, you'll see what you get, but I know one thing that you won't get. You won't get the Bears playing in an AFC championship or an NFC championship. I was about to say, I
0: don't think the Bears will be playing in an AFC championship. That might be a little difficult. No,
1: No, but I mean, I would love for them to play in any championship right now. But you're not going to see them in the AFC. But somebody you are going to see in the AFC is you're going to see the young bloods. You're going to see those thoroughbreds. You're going to see the youngsters playing. You're going to see the Patrick Mahomes as he gets the hat discount on things. And then you're going to see that young dashing young man from Buffalo as he goes to do Buffalo things to. Chiefs. I don't. Can you do Buffalo things to the Chiefs? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that one. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But you can slather them down in Buffalo sauce and then eat them up like hot wings. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't ready for that one. No. So Jay, let's let's focus in. Let's look at the AFC Championship game. Um, you know where I stand, but. What are your thoughts on what's getting ready to happen in the AFC, in the championship game for all the marbles?
0: Josh Allen is going to throw this football for about 400 yards. Okay. And they're going to rush for about 35. And Josh Allen is the most important quarterback to play between the four quarterbacks right now because he is the one who's going to have the offense in his hand. This is a guy who's just been getting better and better and better, the quarterback out of Wyoming who was throwing the ball all over the yard a few years ago, getting it picked all over the yard. And all of a sudden, he had an epiphany. And this guy's accuracy has went up tremendously. Plus, he's got the wheels to run away from people if they need to. He's healthy. He's going to throw the ball over the yard. Right now, I just think Josh Allen, against this defense that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to put out there, I think Josh Allen is going to take advantage of this defense, and I think you're going to see him throw for a ton of yards.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Because on the other side, I see Patrick Mahomes and a running game and a superb receiving core. I see them overwhelming Buffalo. Now, let's look at last week's game with Buffalo. Buffalo won 17 to 10, and it wasn't a rousing victory. It was a very limited, and I know they changed what they did, their schematic, to go in and play a Baltimore team. But I was not impressed by any stretch of the imagination by what Buffalo did. And given the fact that Kansas City went in and put the Foon Fops. Now, I know this year Kansas City has not had
0: a – They put the Foon Fops on them? Yeah, well, the, did they win? That was a Foom. That was a Foon they, a that Fops the, that the Foon Fop they put on. That was that that was that was a backup quarterback who played really mm-hmm. well for them in scheme mm-hmm. and won that football game from that, that game had that had Henney not played that well, there was a very good chance right there that they could have lost that ball game. And no. you look at and you're, no. looking, and you're yeah. looking at a, lose to you're, you're looking, you're looking at a Patrick Mahomes who no, is, is hurt. Is, yeah. No, you're looking at it, who's hurt. His foot, that toe is a problem. And we saw him when he was trying to move. He can't Mm -hmm. move. He can't move. I don't know. They're going to shoot it up. I don't know if he's going to have the same mobility that we're used to Patrick Mahomes having. Now, here's the issue with the Chiefs. We know they are a Tyreek Hill uh, big play club. And they know they're going to get Tyreek Hill running across the formation like he always does. If there's a way for the Bills to scheme that Tyreek Hill is not running across those formations and they can get to a Patrick Mahomes who doesn't have the mobility there, it's a very strong possibility. If they take some of Tyreek Hill out of this ball game. it's a very strong possibility that this defense is going to play well enough to keep that running game in check. I, look, the Bills are better than what you think they are. I really believe that. That game was tight, but Josh Allen, again, it's all in his hands. I think it's going to be a far better game than most people think it's going to be.
1: I think it's going to be an insightful game, but when you're looking at Devin Singletary as your main running back and then you got a rookie coming in, the thing about the Bills that is most telling and the thing that really, even though they came alive in the last few weeks of the season – they weren't playing any strong competition. And you saw it, they haven't been great. They don't have a running game. And the one thing you can say about Hilaire coming back this week is that the Chiefs have not only a running game, but they have arguably the best tight end in the game. So even if you're not doing great, you still can dump it off down the scene. You still have Tariq Hill. You still have, oh, you have Sammy Watkins coming back. Oh, You've got other players who are going to be on the field who can do some things. Oh, oh, isn't there a guy named Le'Veon Bell out there somewhere? Well, well there, there are some players out there. The Chiefs have some players. They have, And they've got a great offensive line. So even if Patrick Mahomes is a little gimpy on the foot, which everybody I think at this point is a little gimpy, I don't think it's going to be a major problem for them. The only thing that's been a major problem for the Chiefs this season is the Chiefs don't have a season where they do blowouts. They don't jump on teams. It's not really big blowouts. But one telling stat about the Chiefs that I thought was very interesting and very telling is this year they've averaged 30 points against non-playoff teams, 28 against playoff teams. That's not the same for Buffalo. And so in that mix somewhere, I believe the Chiefs come out on top. If not by a touchdown, maybe by two.
0: Yeah, I just don't think the Bills are going to let them take the top off of them. So they're going to force Patrick Mahomes to sit in the pocket and read up underneath and get rid of the ball short and push the ball down the field. I don't think you're going to see it. The last time the Bills played against them, the Chiefs didn't have a pass over 20 yards. Completed. So, what I'm saying is, is that I think they're going to employ some of the same strategy and make Patrick Mahomes pick him apart because the biggest things the Chiefs have is Tyreek Hill running free across across formations. That's their biggest play. He starts off on one side and it's just a straight foot race to the mm-hmm. other side, to the pylon. That's what he's great at. If we stay too high, safeties, we sort of take that throw away. And now we may have to make a just concussed, toe hurting Patrick Mahomes have to play inside the pocket. And we're going to see at this point, because I don't think he's going to be as effective moving outside the pocket because I think that foot is hurt a lot more than what they're laying on to. I saw him when he was moving around his last game and, it's, and it didn't look good. And I think the Bills are going to try to exploit that. I think it's going to be a better game. I think Josh Allen is going to have a huge game.
1: Yeah, he might have a, a huge game, but I'm again, I'm still saying there is no way that with what and, and if, if Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs are hemmed up and if they put are put in check by the Chiefs defense, this is going to be a long night for Josh Allen, Josh, and it's going to be a long night for that Josh, offensive line.
0: Josh Allen is is one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now, and And if Josh Allen can get out and run away from you, his legs are, Josh Allen is fast. He knows when to run. He's a dual threat quarterback without people saying he's a dual threat quarterback. This guy can throw the football all over the yard. And I think, again, if the Chiefs, if the chefs don't get to him on a regular basis and make him real uncomfortable back there, this is a guy who's playing with a boatload of confidence and he can spin it. I'm telling you, I, I I just I don't think this is gonna be the over and all just Chiefs gonna win this hand down when they come out the locker room. I just don't think I just don't think that's what's gonna happen.
1: Well, I don't see how it, especially if the Chiefs defense can hold Josh Allen in the pocket. If you make offensively on the other side for the Chiefs, if you make Travis Kelsey your go-to, if you make Hilaire the running back, and if you allow him to do what he does and that's catch those little passes out the backfield, that's go up that A and B gap and gut that defense that, of Buffalo's that's not great. I mean, they're, they've got names, but they're not a great defense by any sense of the imagination. That's where the game can be won and lost. Not so much what you're seeing with what's going on with Mahomes. It's the rest of that Buffalo defense that if they have a letdown, and we're not talking about, What's going to happen with Josh Allen? We're saying defensively, their defense is not on par with the Chiefs' offense. Oh, wow. So I'm predicting that the Chiefs go in and do the same thing they did to the Bills earlier this season, oh. and that is put a slap on them.
0: The Bills, the, Bills, the Bills are a better game than they played in that sixth game. In that mm-hmm. sixth game of the year, it's a better team, and you got a slowdown Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's going to be all that clear and cut, but that's why they got to play the football game, so we'll find out. Yes, it is. And that is why in the AFC,
1: you've got a spectacular game. But then in the NFC, you've got the Bay of Pigs. You've got the old gray beards. It's the Bluebeard Bowl. And it starts with your man, TB12, and everybody's man, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. So you've got grandpa and grandpa action.
0: Jay, who wins out of the grandpa bowl? Biggest thing: Who's going to win in this game is going to deal with what the Tampa Bay defense and secondary is going to be able to do. I believe they're going to play. They're going to come out and play two high safeties over the top. But what they're going to have to do is mix up because um, Aaron Rodgers does not fare as well against a zone as he does man to man because he has Devontae Adams and another a wide receiver that's really good at winning. Right off, to right off off the line, but however, we're going to have to look. They're going to have to have some press coverage onto Vontae Adams to come down and slow him down instead of running free through that running free through that secondary. You also see that you got a defensive lineman back for Tampa Bay. Big Otis coming back, the, the big the big Samoan. Um, he's coming back. He uh, fractured an ankle, um, but he's going to be back. You got a dangerous man in the middle. Uh, I believe the what man, the Dominican Sioux, is still in there. A man-child who plays more snaps than any other defensive lineman in the NFL. So you're looking at a defense, I think, that's going to try to get after Rodgers. I think this is a better defense, one of the better defenses he's seen. And I really believe right now that Tampa Bay defense is going to make di- things difficult for Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to have to see. Can the discount double-check? Make it work one more time.
1: Yeah, you've got a lot going on. And one of the fun facts about Aaron Rodgers is the last time he was sacked this season was against Tampa Bay. So it's been a while since somebody's been able to get back to Aaron Rodgers, put some pressure on him, and touch him. But as you said, Jay, with that zone coverage that they'll be able to play and they'll be able to mix in man coverage, I think they're going to get back and touch him a few times is they don't like to be punched in the mouth. They don't like it. They don't like to be manhandled. And they don't want you sitting there doing things to them aggressively because they want to be the aggressors. They want to be the ones who manhandle
0: you, not have you handle their manhood all over the field. Wow. And you're also looking now with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has the best set of weapons he's ever had, even with Antonio Brown out. You still got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. And I'm going to tell you, the guy you better watch out for, that kid who made that catch, that spinning around catch on the sidelines and nobody in the world was going to catch that Tyler Johnson, that kid's going to play now because you have Antonio Brown out. You still got Rob Gronkowski coming out there, and you got Cameron Bray. This is the best set of weapons uh, Tom Brady has ever had. I think they're playing better. I think right now the Packers are going to have to take chances to send people after Brady. I think you're going to try to see them blitz and try to hit Brady. But if they don't get to Brady and they let Brady start airing this ball out 20 yards downfield, I think Brady is going to pick this defense apart. I really do. They got to blitz Brady. They got to blitz Brady. They got to hit Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to escape outside and extend plays. And that's what the Tampa Bay defense has to worry about with Aaron Rodgers letting Devontae Adams slip behind him. But this Tampa Bay offense, if he sits in the pocket and he's able to get it to Mike, especially in the red zone, you talking about Mike Rob Gronkowski, I think you're going to see Rob Gronkowski get targeted seven, eight, nine times in this ball game. Because I think he's just a nightmare for these linebackers. And you get a a big dose of of Rob Gronkowski. They have been playing him sparingly for this time right now. I think they they haven't been throwing the ball to Rob Gronkowski because they don't want to see him get beat up. This is the last season for Rob Gronkowski anyway. So they're going to throw the ball down to him. He's going to take hits, but he's going to catch it. Right now, I think this is TB12's game to lose. I really believe this. Aaron Rodgers is the baddest man on the planet. I think so. I think he's going to be MVP. But right now, you just gave Tom Brady the keys to a Ferrari where he's been driving a micro bus for a long time up there with the Patriots. And he finally got this Ferrari figured out. They're not burning out the second gear. And uh, I think you're going to see Tom Brady come alive in this game. And I think he's going to win this game decisively against Green Bay.
1: Green Bay has a good committee of running backs with Aaron Jones leading the way. But Tom Brady has Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones may be one of the most underrated running backs in the league this season. When you put those combinations together and you've got a Shady McCoy sitting there, plus you've got Mike Williams and you've got Grinkowski, and you've got Chris Goodwin, who's still one of the best number twos in the league. You've got some things going. And in great old Tom Brady fashion, in TB12 fashion, you've got Scotty Miller, who's laying in the weeds somewhere, who could be the the next Wes Welker. He can be that underneath guy that if you're not careful and you're not keeping an eye on him, he will hurt you and he will hurt you badly. So, I mean, you've got a lot going on. You've got Vita Vea coming back. I don't know if OJ Howard will be back, but you still got Gronk. You've got Cameron Brate. You've got a lot to contend with. And then, as you said, on the defensive side, you still have Ndamukong Sue. You've got Shaquille Barrett. You've got guys over there who are, um, I don't let me see. What's the best word for it? They're they're good bad people, like um, <laughs> Antonio Winfield and Carlton Davis. They're the kind of guys. They're good guys, but they're bad for the opponents. They are. I think this time when you have Tampa Bay, that's locked in a very short window, and I think that's one of the most overused cliches in sport. It is a short window because it's everything was compacted and put together really to be the confluence of the greatest all things happening together at one time, and that's this season. No fans in the stands, no major injury to Tom Brady, and oh, by the way, you can go to a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I, I I think this is the crowning glory for the GOAT, that if he takes this team and you saw the Patriots falter, fall apart, flame out, I can't think of anything, blow up, whatever you want to see them do, and now it's always been the thing between Belichick and Brady. I think pick 199 has a big log on his shoulder. Not a chip on his shoulder, a log on his shoulder. And I think you're going to see crazy Tom Brady, psycho Tom Brady out here on this game. I think Tom Brady, he wants to win this game more than anything else so that he can get to this Super Bowl. I really believe that he wants to knock down Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has been talking about this year. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's probably going to win MVP. But Tom Brady has taken a team of guys that he didn't know except for Rob Gronkowski. And he put them all together. He went and got brought Antonio Brown and had him sleeping on his couch over mm-hmm. there and, mm-hmm. and, and making biscuits with the Easy Bake Oven the, <laughs> over there somewhere in his house. And he has done everything that he could do to get this to this point right here. I'm betting. I'm putting my money on Tom Brady. I think Tom hmm. Brady is going to figure it out. He's got all the weapons right now, and uh, I don't know. I think he's the baddest man on the planet. I just think he is. I think he's going to make it happen. You know, if I have egg on my face, then I have egg on my face. But regardless of what what happens in this game anyway, he's still to go.
1: Okay. Well, I guess that's where we're going to leave it. We're going to leave this DC talk and the greatest of all time in the AFC and in the NFC, we're going to leave it right here. So for the young guns, For the AFC title and for the Bluebeards, for the NFC title, it's going to be something. And, hey, Bears fans, maybe your defensive (laughs) coordinator will turn around your defense. Really? (laughs) We're
0: we're going to segue from the great Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to the Chicago Bears.
1: Yes, because you know what might happen, and you never know, but (laughs) be careful, uh, Matt Nagy. Because your replacement could be be sitting
0: right behind you. Look, I don't care what happens, to tell you the honest truth, with the Bears right now. I just know that this team has underperformed terribly. And until they get this figured out on the offensive side of the ball, especially at quarterback and the offensive coordinator, whoever that is, I don't care who else you put out there, it's not going to make a difference. They need to get this figured out in the Hallis Hall. I hope they go bring a quarterback in here and another quarterback's coach and they get this offense rolling. Because if they don't do that, it doesn't make a difference what they do on defense. We saw that for the last three years. Yeah.
1: So, at that point, this is where we'll leave it. We'll put a pin in until the next episode. Next time we come back on, we'll be talking about the victorious quarterbacks who won the in the Blue Beard uh, championship and then the young gunners championship so you know who it is you know what it is it is the sizzle here on iron skillet radio or iron skillet television and if you have not subscribed liked and share please feel free to do so all you have to do is push the button hit the thumbs up for like and go to any platform and you can find us we are at ironskillet.sports or hashtag skillet underscore sports so you know who's in the building i'm g sizzle he's j sizzle And we will see you on the other side. You can listen to Iron Skillet Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. It's easy. Look for Iron Skillet Sports or hashtag skillet underscore sports for our latest episodes. We are Iron Skillet Sports. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Thank you for listening to The Sizzle, the hottest sports talk in the 219, here on Iron Skillet Television and Iron Skillet Radio.